0: Day one of Totus Tuus' Novena, on John Paul II's Encyclical, Ecclesia de Eucharistia. The Church draws her life from the Eucharist. This truth does not simply express a daily experience of faith, but recapitulates the heart of the mystery of the Church. In a variety of ways, she joyfully experiences the constant fulfillment of the promise. Lo, I am with you always, to the close of the age. But in the Holy Eucharist, through the changing of bread and wine into the body and blood of the Lord, she rejoices in this presence with unique intensity. Ever since Pentecost, when the Church, the people of the New Covenant, began her pilgrim journey towards her heavenly homeland. The divine sacrament has continued to mark the passing of her days, filling them with confident hope. The Second Vatican Council rightly proclaimed that the Eucharistic sacrifice is the source and summit of the Christian life. For the Most Holy Eucharist contains the Church's entire spiritual wealth. Christ himself, our Passover and living bread. Through his own flesh, now made living and life-giving by the Holy Spirit, he offers life to men. Consequently, the gaze of the church is constantly turned to her Lord, present in the sacrament of the altar, in which she discovers the full manifestation of his boundless love. During the great jubilee of the year 2000 I had an opportunity to celebrate the Eucharist in the cenacle of Jerusalem where, according to tradition it was first celebrated by Jesus himself. The upper room was where this most holy sacrament was instituted. It is there that Christ took bread broke it and gave it to his disciples saying Take this, all of you and eat it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. Then he took the cup of wine, and said to them, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. It will be shed for you and for all, so that sins may be forgiven." I am grateful to the Lord Jesus for allowing me to repeat in that same place, in obedience to his command, Do this in memory of me. The words which he spoke two thousand years ago. Did the apostles who took part in the Last Supper understand the meaning of the words spoken by Christ? Perhaps not. Those words would only be fully clear at the end of the Triduum Sacrum the time from Thursday evening to Sunday morning. Those days embrace the Mysterium paschale. They also embrace the Mysterium Eucharisticum. The Church was born of the Paschal Mystery. For this very reason, the Eucharist, which is in an outstanding way the sacrament of the Paschal Mystery, stands at the centre of the Church's life. This is already clear from the earliest images of the Church found in the Acts of the Apostles. They devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. The breaking of bread refers to the Eucharist. Two thousand years later, we continue to relive that primordial image of the Church. At every celebration of the Eucharist, we are spiritually brought back to the Paschal Triduum to the events of the evening of Holy Thursday, to the Last Supper, and to what followed it. The institution of the Eucharist sacramentally anticipated the events which were about to take place, beginning with the agony in Gethsemane. Once again we see Jesus as he leaves the upper room, descends with his disciples to the Kidron Valley, and goes to the Garden of Olives. Even today that garden shelters some very ancient olive trees. Perhaps they witnessed what happened beneath their shade that evening, when Christ in prayer was filled with anguish, and his sweat became like drops of blood, falling down upon the ground. The blood, which shortly before he had given to the church as the drink of salvation in the sacrament of the Eucharist, began to be shed its outpouring would then be completed on Golgotha, to become the means of our redemption. Christ, as High Priest of the good things to come, entered once for all into the holy place, taking not the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. The Hour of Our Redemption Although deeply troubled, Jesus did not flee before his hour. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, for this purpose I have come to this hour. He wanted his disciples to keep him company, yet he had to experience loneliness and abandonment. So, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Only John would remain at the foot of the cross, at the side of Mary and the faithful women. The agony in Gethsemane was the introduction to the agony of the cross on Good Friday. The holy hour, the hour of the redemption of the world. Whenever the Eucharist is celebrated at the tomb of Jesus in Jerusalem, there is an almost tangible return to his hour, the hour of his cross and glorification. Every priest who celebrates Holy Mass, together with the Christian community which takes part in it, is led back in spirit to that place and that hour. He was crucified, he suffered death and was buried, He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. The words of the profession of faith are echoed by the words of contemplation and proclamation. This is the wood of the cross, on which hung the Saviour of the world. Come, let us worship. This is the invitation which the Church extends to all in the afternoon hours of Good Friday. She then takes up her song during the Easter season in order to proclaim, The Lord is risen from the tomb. For our sake he hung on the cross. Alleluia. Mysterium Fidei The mystery of faith When the priest recites or chants these words, all present acclaim, We announce your death, O Lord, and we proclaim your resurrection until you come in glory. In these or similar words, the Church, while pointing to Christ in the mystery of His Passion, also reveals her own mystery. Ecclesia de Eucharistia By the gift of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, the Church was born, and set out upon the pathways of the world. Yet a decisive moment in her taking shape was certainly the institution of the Eucharist in the upper room. Her foundation and wellspring is the whole Triduum Paschale, but this is, as it were, gathered up, foreshadowed, and concentrated forever in the gift of the Eucharist. In this gift, Jesus Christ entrusted to his Church the perennial making present of the Paschal Mystery. With it, He brought about a mysterious oneness in time, between that triduum and the passage of the centuries. The thought of this leads us to profound amazement and gratitude. In the paschal event, and the Eucharist which makes it present throughout the centuries, there is a truly enormous capacity which embraces all of history as the recipient of the grace of the Redemption. This amazement should always fill the Church, assembled for the celebration of the Eucharist. But in a special way, it should fill the minister of the Eucharist. For it is he who, by the authority given him in the sacrament of priestly ordination, affects the consecration. It is he who says, with the power coming to him from Christ in the upper room, This is my body, which will be given up for you, This is the cup of my blood, poured out for you. The priest says these words, or rather, he puts his voice at the disposal of the one who spoke these words in the upper room, and who desires that they should be repeated in every generation by all those who in the church ministerially share in his priesthood. Let us pray. Bonne pastor, panis veri, Jesu, Nostri miserere. Come then, good shepherd, bread divine, still show to us thy mercy sign. O feed us, still keep us thine, so we may see thy glorious shine in fields of immortality. O thou the wisest, mightiest best, our present food, our future rest. Come, make us each thy chosen guest, co-heirs of thine and comrades blessed, with saints whose dwelling is with thee. Mary, woman of the Eucharist, pray for us.